Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, everyone, and welcome to part two of this week's doubleheader of SPT Overtime. We are here in the heart of November. The weather's cold. The snow is coming to the ground already. But who says it's too early to talk some spring football? Uh, my name is Dan Groen, and I am joined with my fellow spring football expert, as always, Patrick Weber. What's going on, Dan? Not much. I'm just loving the weather out here. But, uh, um, I don't know if I can say the same, but what I am loving is the revival of the XFL. That is right. The XFL draft just occurred this last week. For those who don't know, they will be coming back in the spring of 2023. I'm excited. It's supposed to run parallel with the USFL, and we know how much we love the USFL, so I'm ready to talk some spring, spring football here already in November. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at some of the players that stand out to us on each team. Uh, we're going to give little power rankings to each team as well, how we think each team is going to fare this in this league. And we're going to talk about how this league impacts the USFL and how Maybe we could see a merger sometime in the future, but we'll get to that in a little bit. So first, I want to talk about players on each team. Let's go by team by team in alphabetical order. Um, let's just give some players. I have, for most of them, I have a player on offense and defense. I don't know about you, but let's start with the Arlington Renegades. So they have our favorite quarterback from the USFL, Kyle Sloter. Breakers the legend. Yes, go Breakers. But I do not have him on here. I actually have one of his teammates, tight end Sal Canella. He had 34 receptions for 368 yards and two touchdowns with the Breakers. He was one of the favorite targets of Kyle Sloter. And I also have cornerback Shakir Brown. He had seven interceptions, nine passes defended across three seasons at Michigan State. So I like some of the players that got on both sides on the team. How about, what? who are some of the, the players that you're looking out for? I'm a big fan of Shakir Brown. Like you said, absolutely stellar defender out of Michigan State. And, of course, I'm going to praise Kyle Sloter, USFL breakers, legend, go breakers. I'm going to miss seeing him out there. But mm -hmm. it's going to be fun to see him play because, like you said, he didn't play bad. He, I think he played very, very well in the USFL. I think he should he have stayed. Um, unfortunately, you know, he did want to try out the NFL again, which I, I respect that decision of his. Mm -hmm. um, now he's back in the XFL, who is a direct partner of the NFL. So hopefully, you know, we'll see Kyle Slaughter back up there in the NFL soon. But for now, he finds himself on Arlington, and I, for one, can't wait to watch him play. Yeah, same here. And that seems to be a theme that we see with the XFL. A lot of uh, familiar names from the USFL um, and a lot of new names as well. So going on to the next one with the D.C. Defenders. They used to be my team. Back in the XFL 2.0 because they had so many Buckeyes and former Browns on the team, but the rosters have been shaken up, so I can't say I'm a fan of them now, but I am a fan of some of the players. For example, wide receiver KD Cannon. Across three seasons at Baylor, he had 3,113 yards, 
So he should be a really good target there in D.C. And I also like their running back room. They got Abram Smith, Ryquel Armstead, and Puka Smith. They got a lot of really good players on that team uh, for as much as I don't like them anymore. <laughs> uh, what kind of players stand out to you on D.C.? Um, I'm a big fan of tight end Ethan Wolf. I think he's a very, very, very outstanding tight end. Um, matter of fact, I do not believe he should be in the XFL. I think he should still be in the NFL. But alas, mm-hmm. he has dropped. Uh, he used to play for the New Orleans Saints, but he has dropped down to the XFL, where hopefully he will be able to produce more on offense. Um, he was a little lackluster um, on the Saints, but I think if he you know, was on a different team uh, at the time he was on the Saints with Taysom Hill starting at tight end, I think he would have had uh, better productivity. Um, so like I said, I'm a big fan of Ethan Wolf, and I'm also going to give a huge shout-out to Tyler Witt, offensive lineman out of Purdue stellar offensive lineman he's going to yep. lay down the law up there giving the offensive line some love that's for sure and hey, I as do a like, lineman we don't get enough respect so yeah shout out the o-line and I, d-line too i do like the tight end pick because tight ends they don't seem to be you know there seems to be too many of them out there for the nfl so you do see a lot of really good tight end play in the spring leagues um and then so going on to the houston roughnecks I also like their running back room with Adrian Killens and Max Borgai, Borgi. I'm not sure exactly how that's pronounced, but I'm really excited to see how the run game goes. And also cornerback Kevin Tolliver. He's played in 32 games with the Chicago Bears, so he's got plenty of NFL experience. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does at this level. So who do you have on Houston? I'm a big fan of Ajean Harris, the cornerback from USC. I think in his time uh, at UF, uh, sorry, USC, um, mm-hmm. he was a very stellar cornerback, one of the most lockdown defenders in the country. Um, I'm looking forward to see what he's going to bring to this uh, Roughnecks defense. And like you said, I'm also a big fan of both running backs uh, on the Roughnecks. I think both are very stellar running backs. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play because I think Houston might have the best running back room in the XFL. They might. And, you know, going back to that defensive back room there in Houston, they seem to have a lot of talent there. Um, For example, let me pull up the roster sheet that I just had up. I'm not sure exactly where it went. There it is. Uh, So they got Raleigh Texada, Ajean Harris, like you were saying, Robert Nelson, Alexander Myers, Kevin Tolliver, who I just mentioned, Jordan Mosley, a bunch of really talented safeties as well. So they are loaded on the defensive backside of the ball. So moving on to the Orlando Guardians. Now, I'll be honest, I had a little bit of trouble trying to find players that really stood out to me. One of them was former first-round pick by the Baltimore Ravens. He also played for the DC Defenders of the XFL for four or the XFL 2.0 for four games. Uh, that is defensive back Matt Elam. He was a bust in the NFL, to say the least, but I think that the talent, the upside is definitely there. He only played in four games in the second version of the XFL, but I think that he'll be looking to bounce back. So Matt Elam's my pick on defense. On offense, I really like Charleston Rambo, not only for his name, but also in college he had above 2,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, and so I think he's going to have a nice career with Orlando. So anyone stand out to you with the Guardians? Um, kind of like you said, it was kind of difficult to see, you know, who really stood out on this roster. I think Orlando, unfortunately, has one of the, um, one of the you know worst rosters you're going to see in this uh, league. But I'm a big fan of D Virgin, who is one of their corners now. D Virgin watched him for three years play on the Patriots out of West Alabama. I like him a lot as a player. I think he's a very, very solid defender. Um, one of the better corners uh, 
that the Patriots did have for mm-hmm. the past few years after losing Stephon Gilmore. And I'm going to have to go with quarterback DeAndre Francis uh, as well because um, in his career uh, in college, he threw for 8,813 yards, 62 touchdowns, and 35 interceptions. I think he has a lot of upside for this team, and I expect him to be one of the standout stars for Orlando. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's definitely talent on the team. I'm not sure how well-rounded they are, but they could surprise a lot of people with some of those players you just mentioned. And also, you know, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this on here, but D-Virgin, that's probably going to be one of the top-selling jerseys in the entire league. At least 100%. I hope so. <laughs> so uh, moving on to the San Antonio Brahmas, who are a new team in the XFL. I personally love this team's name. I really want to choose them to be my favorite team solely because of the name, but I won't get to that quite yet. But there are some players that I really like on this team, such as running back Kalen Ballage. He has played in the NFL. He has 665 career rushing yards, so not bad for a third-string caliber running back. And I also really like their defensive back room as well. Bubba Bolden and Kerry Vincent Jr. are one of the many names on that secondary that I really like. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to see how these guys play as well. Anyone stand out to you on the Brahmas? So the first player that stands out to me on the Brahmas is Kendrick Ro- Rogers, their wide receiver out of Texas A&M. The 6'4 wide receiver, <laughs> he's big, man, and he is a beast. I expect him to be one of the stars. Um, hasn't seen the field uh, really since uh, 2019 in his final season um, as an Aggie, but I expect him to pick up right where he left off. I do too. I'm excited to see how he plays as well. It's another big name to look out for. Uh, So for the St. Louis Battlehawks, who is another team that I just absolutely love their branding, they got, I'll be honest, they got a lot of good names on that team. Uh, First of all, probably the most well-known quarterback in this league, A.J. McCarron. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he does in the XFL. And also one of the best defensive players in the USFL last year, cornerback Channing Stribling. He was an absolute ball hawk. He had seven interceptions, 11 passes defended, and allowed zero touchdowns in the USFL. So I'm hoping to see him carry that momentum, that Cleveland Browns legend. I hope to see him carry that momentum into the XFL 3.0. So who on the Battle Hawks stands out to you? Like you said, they have the most well-known quarterback in this league, A.J. McCarron. He's definitely going to be some uh, somebody to watch out for uh, because even though he is widely considered one of the biggest busts of all time, I think he could find success in this league um, with uh, the competition being a little less. And I'm also a big, big fan of Terrell Bonds, uh, one of their safeties out of Tennessee State. Um, and his time in the NFL um, hasn't put up two craziest stats uh racking up eight total tackles, one forced fumble, one interception. Um, But I think he will find success in this league, and I hope he will with San Antonio. Yeah. Or sorry, not San Antonio, St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those guys. Uh, Moving on to the Seattle Sea Dragons, another quarterback here, Ben DiNucci, (laughs) playing his theme song here. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Cowboys in 2020 appeared in three games and started in one. So he does have some experience, albeit not a whole lot, but also I think the upside is there for him. See how he does in uh, Seattle with the, they used to be the Dragons, now they're the Sea Dragons. I wonder why they I'm a fan of that. that. I'm, I'm wondering if they did it as well because they you know they already have the Seattle Seahawks and they 
You yeah. know, maybe something like that. They got the Kraken, so maybe they're playing off the whole ocean. Seattle Mariners thing. as well. You know, just, just having the Dragons isn't exactly great. Plus, there's already a team in the United States that is the Dragons. Shout out the Dayton Dragons, my hometown baseball team. <laughs> but I have to agree with you, Ben DiNucci, definitely somebody to watch out for. I know he's one of the biggest memes in NFL history. Moving past that, he is actually a very, very good quarterback for this league, I think, moving forward. Um, another name that really, really stands out to me is Roger Clay. Um, I really think that he can make a huge, huge impact um, on this team. One of the better defensive backs that we're going to see in this league. I I don't expect him to be the best, but I do expect him to be one of the best. Yeah, for sure. And I also have another one to throw in there as well. And that is another Cleveland Browns legend, defensive end, Curtis Weaver. He didn't amount to much in the NFL. He did get some playing time. But what really stands out to me about Curtis Weaver, who I've loved from the beginning, was that at his time at Boise State, he was putting up numbers that were borderline better than Chase Young when he was at Ohio State. He had 34 sacks, 128 total tackles, 47 and a half tackles for a loss all across three seasons at Boise State. So even though they're not the most renowned conference there, the Mountain West, he definitely was one of the most dangerous players there was at that program so i'm looking forward to seeing if he can translate that success that dominance that he had at boise state into the usfl or excuse me the xfl and so lastly probably at least looking at the most star-studded team in the league the vegas vipers the two that stand out to me i'm sure you probably have the same two the first one being wide receiver martavis bryant um Probably a, a Steelers fan favorite for sure. 100%. When I saw that he uh, was drafted by the Vipers, I was shocked. But at the same time, I was like, it's about time. Yeah. I know Martavius Bryant, towards the end of his career, um, after uh, we traded him to the uh, then Oakland Raiders, right. um, he did have a lot of controversy, um, a lot of substance abuse surrounding his name at that time. So mm-hmm. I feel like his career was cut short. He did only play four years in the NFL. Um, but in those four years, he racked up 145 receptions, 2,183 yards, 17 touchdowns, averaging 15.1 yards per reception. Watching him on the Steelers, he was probably one of my favorite Steelers growing up to watch. So a big fan of Martavius Bryant. And I have two offensive players, and I'll be honest. And my right. other one is Luis Perez. Luis. Hey, hey Luis. Luis. USFL legend. I have nothing more to say. He is a beast. Yes, he is a he was a fan favorite in the USFL. I remember all my friends being there, just hey, chanting his name Luis. the whole time. It was insane. So I'm excited to see him as well. And then another name that stands out to me, probably the best defensive player in this league, is former first team All Pro with the Atlanta Falcons. That is linebacker Vic Beasley. I was absolutely shocked to see him being here. Like you would think that he would at least be. You know, some depth player at the NFL still, but it wasn't that long ago that he was a pro bowler. He will win. I will call this out. He will win defensive player of the year for this XFL. He he is at least my favorite, and I'm sure in future episodes we'll talk about who our favorites are for all these awards, but right now, if I had a pick, he would be mine. So just looking at some of that talent on that Vegas Vipers team, again, I'm not sure about the you know all-around depth of the team, because uh, it's hard. It's hard to tell at this you know level of football. But just looking at some of these names, 
It's it's going to be hard. To I think beat the them. Vipers have the most star-studded roster across this league. Honestly, I think they do too. And uh, there was also another one from. Okay, he wasn't on Vegas. Where where did he go? I want to say it was Arlington. He was probably another player I should have had on my list. Yeah, the Arlington Renegades also have former punning star Marquette King. That's another name to look out for. So there's a greatest lot of, punter of all time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of just big names that stand out in this league. Um, so there's also some other names that aren't haven't been chosen yet, which kind of surprised me. Um, and I'll name just a few of them: Jordan Tayamu and Brian Scott. They are not eligible to play yet. Their contracts from the USFL expire on December 31st. So we might see them there. But also, here are some of the players that entered the XFL draft pool that weren't selected. And that is running back Jeremy Hill. And as AFC North fans, we have all seen how good Hill was in his time in Cincinnati. So I, I'm excited to see Hard him. Hard to believe he wasn't selected, especially like you said, in his time at Cincinnati. He would terrorize the North. Yeah. And, and, time and when the Bengals were Bernard, so that yep. was a very... Even when the Bengals were the worst team in the AFC North, even when they were super subpar, he was one He was one player that gave every defense nightmares, especially the Steelers' defense nightmares. That's right. He was very exciting to watch in his time there. I couldn't help but like the guy. And I'm excited to see how he does, if he does play here. If not, hopefully he gets a shot in the USFL. I would love to see him put on a breakers uni. Yes, and uh, another player who I'd love to see replace Kyle Sloter would be Green Bay Packers legend Kurt Benkert. Oh, God. Listen, you can't replace the GOAT, first of all. <laughs> I know you can wish it. I don't you know, You cannot man. replace the legendary status that is Kyle Sloter. Kurt Benkert, he has a status of his own, though. I would love to see him play somewhere. If it's not the Breakers, he's got to get a shot here in one of these two spring leagues. I loved him. As a player with the Packers, even though he didn't get much time, he was just an absolute fan favorite. And also one more name that entered the draft pool, which I'm also surprised didn't get selected, is veteran wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. I was very surprised that he didn't get selected. Uh, just, As am I. Um, I just believe age might be a factor um, yeah. with him because, you know, football players, especially receivers, um, you only normally play until you're like 31, 32, and we know that he is far surpassing that age right now so i i believe that age just might be the only factor with why he didn't get drafted probably and i would just hope that his health is okay that he can at least compete in this league even if he's just rotational but the upside the experience is definitely there for him so we've looked at a lot of the rosters so far let's form our power rankings right now just based off our rosters so i'm actually going to start from the bottom up and so my number, my last team that I have, number eight, Seattle, number seven, Houston, number six, Orlando. I've found those three to be hard to kind of rank, you know, who's the absolute worst. Um, number five, DC, I think they got a lot of upside there, even if it wasn't quite as good as it was from two, three seasons ago. And then up in our upper tier, we have number four, San Antonio. Number three, St. Louis Battlehawks. Number two, the Arlington Renegades. And my number one team is the Vegas Vipers. So do you have anyone different in we those rankings? We have the exact same list. Do I we was hoping really? we would not, but we do. I mean, <laughs> Vegas at number one is the obvious pick here. Yeah. I mean, you have, like we said, the most star-studded roster. 
across this league, I see no reason why you do not finish number one. Right. It's, I think that Arlington can definitely compete with them. I think that that little matchup rivalry thing there is going to be really fun to watch. But I think that I speak on behalf of a lot of people that just when looking at the talent alone, Vegas has probably the best team. Um, as far as coaching goes, I am very intrigued by San Antonio's coaching. They have Steelers legend Heinz Ward there as their head Goat. coach. So I'm surprised the you're Goat. not a fan of them. but um, Or maybe you are. Let's talk about who our favorite teams are. We'll discuss. So. I'll, I'll let you go first because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my surprise. All right. So it's it was very tough for me to pick. I really, really wanted to go St. Louis. I really like San Antonio's name and logo and everything, and Arlington's got a good team. But as much as I didn't want this to happen, and as much as it's going to make me sound like a bandwagon, I have to go Vegas as my number one team. I'm going to be a Vegas Vipers fan. I just love that team. I love the colors. I just hope that they can do well with all that talent they got. So do you have the same team, or who do you have different? So looking across the pool of players, you know, obviously you have the homer in my heart in Arlington with Kyle Sloter. You've got a lot of big, big names out here that I loved watching in the USFL that I loved watching in college. However, there is one city that stands out to me. And Dan, we do have the exact same team. All right, let's go. I can't not root for Martavius Bryant. He was one of my favorite Pittsburgh Steelers to watch in that 2014 Killer Bees era. I can't pass up on them, especially since I will be going to Las Vegas in April. So hopefully I will have the opportunity to go watch the Vipers play in person while I'm out there. I can't pass up on the opportunity to root for Martavius Bryant just one more time before he calls it quits. I have to go with the Vegas Vipers. Yeah, I hope. I certainly hope you can get to a game out there. Hopefully they're home at that point. I'm hoping because it was a last-minute surprise for uh, my birthday coming up. So my family wanted to surprise me. They gave me the option of Vegas or New Orleans. I've been in New Orleans. I love that city. I want to live there one day. But if you're offering to take me to Las Vegas, I'm going to go to Las Vegas. Yeah, I I don't I don't blame you at all. There, I I'm hoping that you can get to a game. We can report on it and come back and talk about our experiences with the uh, XFL. So I'd be far. more than happy to do some live call-ins, even if that was a possibility, because uh, I will be out there up until a Sunday. Um, so even if you know it's a Sunday game for them, I would be more than happy to do a call-in. Um, because like I said, spring football is just fun to watch because mm-hmm. it's not quite as scrappy and on the level that you watch collegiate football. But it's also not on the same level as the NFL. It's that perfect right. in between where you see these uh, stars that you know played very, very well in college that might not have the talent that it takes to make it to the NFL, but they still play like they are in college. They leave it all out on the field. Um, they play for their shots still, and that's one thing I, I like because the talent level is greater than that of college, but the want and the grind to be better isn't quite uh, as low as it is in the NFL because a lot of NFL players once they make it. You know, yes, they train. Yes, they do what they can to keep their spot. But it's not quite as fun to watch because they've made it to the highest level that there is. And these leagues, they haven't made it there yet. And that's what makes it fun because there's still people that are fighting for their chance to get a spot on a roster. And that's Mm -hmm. what we get to watch every week in the spring. Yep, it is absolute just pure football from a talent standpoint. Everyone's playing at their absolute best to try to make it to that next level. But hopefully... This league survives and it becomes a destination for a lot of players, not just, you know, rental pieces who are on practice squads here and there. Um, and speaking of which, I want to talk about how the, the XFL is 
kind of impacted by the USFL. Now, how do we see both teams or both leagues kind of playing out at the same time? Do you think that one is going to be superior to the other? Do you think that they'll both be successful? Do you think they'll run each other into the ground? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Um, honestly, it kind of pains me to say this, but I do believe with both of these leagues playing at the same time, um, I do think the XFL will overshadow the usfl mm -hmm. um and that's only because like we talked about a little bit before um recording um when you look at both teams and their social media presence um the usfl who has now been a league for a little over a year is when they officially made their announcement of um the revival they are sitting at less than 100,000 fans or less than 100,000 followers on instagram mm -hmm. um arguably the world's largest social media platform right now they have easily surpassed facebook in my mind um and you look at the XFL, who only very recently uh, announced the revival of their league. They also um, have been more cautious and they have taken more time in building up sponsors and everything. Um, but the XFL currently sits at 500,593,000 500, followers, um, which that just speaks words that the, yeah. the XFL, who they haven't played a game yet. They already have half a million followers mm -hmm. um, with fans spanning across all the teams. And then you have the USFL. Um, who was coming up on their second season. You know, they just introduced a new team, but they're sitting at still not even 100,000 followers um, on Instagram. Um, I know they've hit 100,000 across all social media platforms. Yeah. But still, with the impact the XFL has, especially with them being the direct affiliate of the NFL, um, definitely will give them a boost in the ratings as they have officially uh, partnered with ESPN, and ESPN will be covering... Um, XFL games where the USFL has been struggling with their CBS and Fox contracts yeah. recently. Right. And I hope that both teams don't try to compete directly with each other. I hope that, you know, one team or one league plays like on Saturdays only, the other on Sundays or something like that. Because I think that there is a lot of potential for both leagues to survive. And I would like to see the XFL and USFL actually play each other at yeah. times since both leagues are so similar in what they're doing because if the USFL if they try to compete directly with the XFL you're competing directly with the NFL's direct affiliate it's yeah. not going to go well you can't compete with the NFL or any affiliate of the NFL right um, I would love to see them play against each other kind of like an NFL AFL thing before the official merge into yeah. just the NFL I would love to see that in my opinion I wouldn't mind seeing you know the New Orleans Breakers taking on the Arlington Renegades sometimes that would I would be love very to see fun that. to watch yeah I mean, I wouldn't want Houston to have two teams because they got the Gamblers and oh, yeah. the uh, uh, Roughnecks. But I still, I would like to see this happen um, yeah. because, or even, you know, if the USFL, if they want to move the team out of um, Houston, there's so many cities you can come to, like Akron, for example. Yeah. We have Infosys Stadium. Exactly. I think Ohio needs a team, um, especially Northeast Ohio. We love our football up here. Um, it's a combination of Bengals, uh Bengals, Browns, and Steelers fans up here, more so Browns and Steelers. Yeah. Um, but as you see, like this is one of the most rich football areas in the country. We have the Hall of Fame just down the road. Um, we have Infosys and Stadium in right. our backyard, a beautiful thirty thousand seat stadium waiting to be used in the spring when football's not there. They might just be doing training camps, yeah. um, when lacrosse isn't playing there. You know, I think put a team in Akron, give us Akron, give us an Akron team. Pick whatever name you would like, have them use Infocision, and I would love to see that happen because we already know that whatever championship game would be played should Akron make it, that would be an instant home field advantage. Yeah. And I think that it's a long time coming for Akron to finally be more involved in the football 
world than just having the Akron Zips because I love the Zips, mm. but they are not a good representation of football <laughs> whatsoever. Akron needs to be on the football map, yeah. not as being the worst college, uh, worst collegiate program. Right. I mean, I it's hard to argue those points there. I mean, I think that Columbus, like if we're talking realistically, I feel like Columbus would be the front runner if Ohio ever gets a team, but I've been banging the drum for Canton to get a team, but or anywhere Northeast Ohio for that matter. I would be a huge fan. Even if they put one in Kent, I would still be a fan because I love, like, like I said, we love our football up here. Give us one of the teams because yep. let's be honest, neither one of the college programs up here and others are doing very well this season at all. The Kent State Golden Flash have been, I will say it, they have been outright terrible this season yep. uh, compared to where they were supposed to finish. The and Zips have still lost to them. Hey, listen, the Zips are just doing what the Zips do, which is losing because that's what we know how to do. But like I said, give us a team because, hey, not only are you putting a team right here, like I said, you have a 30,000-seat stadium in the USFL when they just introduced the Memphis Showboats. Memphis' stadium holds around the same amount that Infocision does. Yes, it yeah. looks bigger because it's a fully closed-in stadium, but look at what we have to offer. We have a beautiful stadium, multi-million dollar stadium. Come use it. Yeah, I I can assure you that everybody up here will go to those games because right. we there's nothing more than we like than going to watch the Browns play. Like you like to watch the Browns play, I like to watch the Steelers play. Yep, I've made the trip Football many a time. Football is is huge in all levels here. I mean, not only do you have the Browns and the Steelers, but you also got Ohio State. You got you know high school football is as big here as it is anywhere in the world. Um, I know they say Texas is the land of football, but if we're looking at football across the board. I guess we're just Texas, but North, because yeah. we we produce some of the best produce a uh, lot high of school talent. teams, some of the best athletes you'll see in the country. We produce here. I mean, Joe Burrow, yeah, is an Ohioan from Athens, from down in OU. Look, I mean, think about that. I Not mean, just that, if we if we're talking Northeast Ohio alone, I mean, you know, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Uzcheck, um, I'm. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of not huge to mention names. that we had one of the greatest defensive players of all time come through this very program with Jason Taylor. Yeah. So as I was saying, I would love to see us have a team up here. Absolutely. Truthfully, I would because I want to see Infocision get more use, in my opinion. I um, do because too. It, it does start to weigh down. And this is looking at it from a university standpoint. It does weigh down on the university a lot when the stadium that you're spending millions of dollars a year to upkeep you know, you're not drawing in the money that you should. Mm -hmm. If you sign a deal with one of these teams, though, all of a sudden, like what Memphis did, they signed a deal with the USFL. The USFL is paying them to use their facilities. Yeah. I think we should look into that. I think it would be a fantastic idea. I think so. Any way to make money is should not be looked down upon. 100%. Um, so it's in terms of merging, in terms of if there was like a Super League or whatever, one question that I have is, as a Northeast Ohioan, would you rather have a team of our own here in one of the leagues, or would you rather have the championship, the world championship, or both championships or whatever be played in Canton every year? Is there, if we had to choose between mm. one of those two options, because after experiencing the USFL playoffs this last summer, I almost could get away with not having a team as long as we always get that championship game. It's, it's I would also weird. go with that as long as Ohio gets a team. If Ohio gets a team, they can put them anywhere. I'll be fine. But as long as the playoffs continue to come back in Canton, that's what yeah. I'll be happy for. Because truthfully, that energy that was there was insane. I mean, they almost had the stadium full for the Breakers game. They that did. just shows that, you know, the fans were willing to make the travel for whatever teams we like. Um, and like I said, give Ohio a team. You're giving 
the you're giving the number one football state what they yeah. deserve, and they, this state deserves to have a team. They deserve to have the playoffs. Um, but I will say this: I do think in the future that the USFL and the XFL should merge to form something else because the USFL they will not be able to sustain this on their own now that the NFL is directly in play with spring right. football. I think that the USFL, they were very good on the field, probably the best of all the more recent spring leagues that we've seen. But in terms of actually, uh, you know, in, in terms of money and backing and everything, I think uh, the XFL has the advantage there. They do. And, and also they are playing in their own cities too. Mm -hmm. They're not playing in hub cities like the USFL still is. Um, for example, the Arlington Renegades are playing at Choctaw Stadium in Arlington, uh, Texas. Got the DC Defenders playing in Audi Field. Houston Roughnecks playing at TDECU Stadium, if that's how you say it. Orlando at Camping World Stadium. The San Antonio Brahmas at the Alamo Dome, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so they have their all, everyone has their own locations, but the USFL is still playing in uh, hub cities, which have, I think is going to be very. But which um, I don't think is going to be very successful for them in the long neither run. Neither do I. Um, like I said, with the USFL, I really like that league because, like you said, in terms of product on the field, by far mm -hmm. the best spring product we've seen on the field. Animated all the way through the season. 100%. But, like, you also got to end it at they have They've done very little to grow their brand. They've done very little to grow their name as a league. Um, because if, truth be told, if they would have done that, we wouldn't have these hub city problems where you have two home cities and that's it yeah. you have memphis and you have birmingham mm -hmm. um i think that you know for teams like the breakers i think sign a deal with tulane use tulane stadium um it's a very very nice facility i've been there myself very very beautiful facility i think yeah. you should be able to use that uh pittsburgh it's kind of difficult in pittsburgh since normally if you want to go to a division one college to use their facility you do that it's a little bit more difficult when Pitt does play at Heinz Field. Yeah. But again, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't be able to find an outlying high school stadium or something to use as a facility instead right. of just using the two hub cities. Because while the hub cities last year, you know, it wasn't as exciting as it should be. Um, it still was very exciting to watch them play, though. Mm -hmm. When you looked at the fans for each game, the only game that had fans were Birmingham games. Yeah. Because... I mean, you can't say, oh, this is the New Orleans Breakers, but their home stadium is UAB. Right. You can't do there's, that. There's no Breakers fans there, you know? Exactly. And Breakers fans, as we have found out, are very diehard. Yeah. There were a lot of Breakers fans up well, here Louisiana at the playoffs. Louisiana is such a diehard football state in, itself, in and of itself. That's so. why I'm saying I don't see a reason why, you know, they shouldn't be able to use Tulane's field or facilities or even right. the University of New Orleans. They have a stadium. Yes, it's quite smaller than uh, Tulane Stadium. But it's still your own stadium nonetheless, especially for a smaller spring football league. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think that they need to be playing in their own stadiums as soon as possible uh, if they want to survive. And that's why I think that the USFL, they'd probably be best served if they did merge with the XFL at some point. Because I think that spring football, people can talk about like how there's not enough talent for it, but I look at it differently. It's almost, I almost look at it kind of like a pyramid where... The NFL is the absolute top of the top. There's very few players who can actually make it up to that level. Whereas there's got to be, you know, twice the amount of talent that is worthy of being on an XFL team or a USFL team. 
that can make it into one of these 16 Easily. spring leagues. Especially when you watch a team like how we watch the Zips every Saturday. We see that there is untapped talent yeah. on that roster. Talent that, yes, it's not good enough to make it to the NFL, but like you said, it is good enough to make it to the USFL. It is right. good enough to make it to the XFL. You look at a lot of these players where, like you said, very, very few players ever make it to the level that is the NFL. Yeah. And then you look at the rest of these players that were very, very good in college that deserve to have their name on a roster one day. Mm -hmm. But they just have they have no leagues to go to other than maybe the Canadian Football League. Right. And even then, that is extremely subpar compared to what the spring leagues that we now have are offering. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you kind of said, it's an untapped market that you can get into because not only is it a giant pool of all of these players, like, you know, what if players, right? Mm -hmm. But you're also giving players that might have been um, looked down upon because of one bad season in the NFL. All of a sudden, they don't find their names on a roster. Yeah, They go down to the XFL, they play, they do well. All of a sudden, they're back on the NFL. I think this is an untapped uh, pool of players that they need to look into, and I'm glad they finally are. Yeah, I mean, just talk about all the solid, you know, Power 5 players, like, for example, Johnny Dixon, he was very exciting to watch at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't get much of a chance in the NFL, and he comes to the USFL and one of the best receivers in the game, one of the best yep. special teamers in the game. You look at um, two like this way. Look, look, look at Kevontae Turpin, the yep. USFL MVP. Going into this season, everybody only remembered him as a what-if player. Now, all of a sudden, it's Turpin time. He's yep. arguably the greatest return man in the league, and I couldn't see why he wouldn't end up being one of the greatest return men of all time. He's yeah. absolutely explosive when he comes off of that. And like I said, he is the reigning USFL MVP. He was yeah. an untapped talent that people were overlooking for years. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden he finds himself helping the Dallas Cowboys out quite a bit. Yeah. And then you also got to think about some of the smaller schools too. You know, like if we like, is Bubba Arslanian, is he a sure thing for the NFL? Because if not, then the XFL or the USFL could be I think Bubba would be a perfect fit on a USFL or XFL team. Again, I love Bubba. Yeah. Uh, however, I do think when a lot of teams are going to look at the draft, you know, should he enter his name in the draft, which I do believe he should, yeah. um, I think a lot of teams are going to look at him and think he's an undersized linebacker. When truth be told, he's one of the most explosive players that I've ever watched play the game of football. He's got some of the uh, most tackles in the entire nation, I believe. Exactly, but people will overlook that in terms of his size. That's why I'm thinking, you know, kind of like you said, a USL or XFL team would be perfect from the landed. You know, so DJ Irons, if he wants to enter in the draft, he probably won't get drafted by an NFL team, but he's an untapped talent that if you put him on a roster with a combined uh, roster of veterans that used to play in the NFL, like Martavius Bryant, mm -hmm. you know, put him on a roster with him, we might see a completely new DJ Irons. In my opinion, there's only one man on this Akron Zips roster that will make the NFL this year, and that's Shockey Jacques-Louis. Yeah. And that's because he's in the running for being one of the greatest receivers in college football this season. Mm -hmm. But in terms of everybody else, like Alex Adams, I think he'd be a fantastic fit on a USFL or XFL team. You know, like Bubba, like we said, fantastic fit. Right. Um, DJ Irons, another great fit there. And we're just talking about the zips, too. I mean, we're not talking about, like, the rest of the MAC or even, like, Division two or three. I mean, mm -hmm. think of all the talent you can pull out of, like, Mount Union. Oh, easily out of Mount Union. Not mm -hmm. only just out of Mount Union, but, I mean, you look at all these other schools, like Muskingum, for example, they're having their best season in years. Yeah. Um, if they were at the Division One level, they'd be bowl eligible right now. And I've personally had the opportunity to watch the Fighting Muskies play, um, thanks to one of my friends who does allow me to watch some of the games on his um, Muskies account sometime. But, you know, I see a lot of potential that at that level, a lot of players that they were snubbed from being able to go D1 
And now nobody will look their way because they play D3. They're not a Juco product anymore. Um, and I think that a lot of players like that, they have they now have a pathway to actually follow through and pursue their dreams all the way through, exactly. which I think is fantastic. Absolutely. I think that spring football definitely has its place. I know a lot of people might argue otherwise and think and say that it's never going to succeed or whatever, but I think that it just has its place. I think there are plenty of just really talented players out there who still want to keep playing at the mm -hmm. professional level, even if they don't, even if that's where they peak, if they don't make it to the NFL ever again, you know, there's still that, that happens in the AHL that happens with minor league baseball, uh, G league basketball. I mean, you know, Kendrick Perkins finished his basketball career with the Canton charge, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you look at a lot of these players too, like in the G league, I mean, that is like the perfect pathway to find your way to the NBA. A lot of players now are yeah. actually opting to not go to college anymore and they're opting to play with G League teams instead because it's just that much of a pathway. Now, am I saying that we're going to see USFL and XFL, you know, players no longer going to college to make that direct jump? No. Because mm -hmm. truth be told, you if you're a football player, you do need to go yeah. to college. You do need to play on that level because you can't make the jump immediately from high school to a semi-professional level league. Right. And whatsoever. There's, there's no way that these spring leagues replace college. You know, not it's at like all. it's it's the same kind of difference as you know, your junior leagues in Canada and like your developmental leagues and everything like if we're talking about hockey versus the AHL and the ECHL, you know, one is strictly for developing players you know, at that collegiate level, whereas the other is about like, oh, you're not quite good enough to be at the NHL yet, but if we send you down to here, then you can either thrive there or you can develop even further. And that's how I see these spring leagues playing out. So I'm a fan of it because there's nothing that us Americans like more than American football. That's and right. And now we can get it year round. And I'm a fan of it because I know like we had talked about early, early in the USFL podcast days that, you know, People are worried that it might interfere with baseball, that it might interfere with other sports. It didn't interfere with that at all, in my opinion. As a matter of fact, I found even more time to be able to watch the sports that I like while still being able to keep my love of football going all year round. I feel like this season we've seen so many you know names go in and out of these leagues that it keeps it interesting. It keeps it, it alive in a way because, you know, like I said, who would have thought Martavius Bryant, of all players that you're going to see, gets drafted to the XFL. Yeah. Nobody would have ever thought that. Who would have it's thought that Cavante Turpin, people who, you know, somebody people actually considered a no-name player last season. Right. Now all of a sudden, he's arguably one of the fan favorites on this Dallas Cowboys team. MVP of the USFL. You you would never have seen that had people not wanted to do the spring football. And I think that the NFL is starting to wake up and realize it, and I think the rest of America is waking up and starting to realize it, that Spring football is fun, and it, it can be done, especially they line it up right after the Super Bowl, which is perfect. You get a one-month break between the Super Bowl and the start of the USFL and XFL seasons, which I think is the perfect amount of time. It allows roster changes to be made. It allows deals to be signed. And then mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you have star-studded rosters. You're watching. You know, they could even be practice squad, but who cares? Yeah. There's still NFL-caliber players that are now playing on a level that, you know, you'll see them thrive and become stars that they would never have been able to just sitting on the practice squad. Exactly. That's the thing I love about spring football. There's just so much to look out for, and it's it's a good time. And it's I exciting. hope that everyone who is listening or maybe not listening, whatever, please give these leagues a chance. They need your support. Um, and I'm I'm totally looking forward to this season coming through. I am, through too. I'm very seeing, excited. 
I, I'm looking. I'm mostly looking forward to seeing how these two leagues kind of thrive with each other. You know, like if if a merger is inevitable, I I want to see. You know, what's the difference between these two leagues? Is one better on a talent level than the other? And you know, who's going to replace some of these uh, former players? These former USFL players leaving. I wonder who's going to replace like you know your Kyle Sloters and your Jordan Tayamus and Brian Scotts and all them. So I, it's it's going to be fun. So. Uh, any final thoughts today um, on all everything that we've discussed? As always, go Breakers and now go Vipers. Um, give these spring leagues a chance. They truly are something incredible. Uh, if you haven't had the chance to even watch a game, I highly recommend that you do because there's something about watching these leagues. Like I said, it's right in the middle between the all-out raw fighting that is co- that is the collegiate level of football mm-hmm. and then what is the highest of highs in football. There's that perfect in between, and that's what these leagues are. So please watch the XFL, watch the USFL. When the USFL comes back to Canton, buy yourselves a ticket. They're not very expensive. They're about 10, 20 bucks a ticket to go watch a full day of football, to go watch some of these athletes who you'll see them in the NFL one day. You'll be able to look back on them and say, I supported you in the USFL before you were at this level. So please go watch the leagues. I promise you it is very, very worth it. It definitely is, and please go to a game as well if you're in the market because those USFL playoff games that we went to, those were that was one of the, some of the funnest moments of my summer. Quite honestly, it was just Same very, game. very good time there. So that'll just about do it for us here at SBT Overtime. My name is Dan Groen, and I'm Patrick Weber. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports, assuming it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, if you guys <laughs> have been following that whole story, um, I think we'll be fine though. Uh, Also, tune into Sports Power Talk every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on 88.1 WZIP, as always. And be sure to subscribe to both of our podcasts, SBT Overtime and SBT Rewind. So thank you for tuning in once again, and go Vipers!